Welcome to the Craft Heads Podcast, everybody. This is a podcast where my best friend and I of 20 years, Tommy, uh, have a craft drink of some kind, talk about a topic for 15, 20 minutes, and give shout-outs to local businesses, and talk about experiences that we've had, places we've gone, things like that. And this is yet another one of our one-on-ones where I am personally interviewing somebody to tell their story, talk about their interests, whatever their experiences. We haven't had one in a while, so I'd like to introduce our guest this week. His name is Brett Stroney, correct? That is right. <laughs> All right. So welcome, Brett, to Craft Heads. And here's an interesting thing about Brett and I. Brett is practically a stranger. Would you say that's somewhat accurate? We, yeah. No, I, I I would say that. I thought we had like pretty quick rapport. Of course. As absolutely. far as that goes. But no, as far as like at a personal level, no. We we know very little about exactly. each other. Yeah. yeah. I mean, matter of fact, we were looking for a place to, uh, to record just now and we wound up at Atlanta Tech Park and I was like, you know, we could just go to the home office and we're both like, eh, let's do Atlanta Tech Park, you know, because we're not on that level quite yet. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm being facetious, of course. But uh, the, the cool thing about this is as I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, the genesis for the one-on-one interviews that I've done uh, with guests on Craft Heads is that I think most people are more interesting than th- themselves. They're more interesting than they think they are. You know what I mean? Now, there are some people who are a narcissist and they think they're very interesting. <laughs> yes, <right>? But yeah. <laughs> I, I am as interested in learning about your background, what you do, Brett, what you want to do, where you're going, and you know those very different things. And uh, the reason I thought about this was because the first time we met at a local Chamber of Commerce meeting yes. was you told me you were interested in doing some voiceover stuff. And I'll tell the listeners, Brett didn't say this, Brett has a great radio voice. So for the next half an hour or so, you'll get to uh, to hear Brett speak and uh, just tell us a little bit about him. Well, so. maybe it's a narcissist in me yeah. uh, leading that way, too. And yeah. I think ultimately it'll be uh, up to the listeners mm-hmm. to determine that. But no, I appreciate the uh, the vote of confidence. Yeah, absolutely. And just for the record, like that was our third date. Yeah, so I don't was. know if it was necessary in violation to bring me uh, to the home office or not. But next we're here, time. But we're here on ATP. Yeah. And uh, so far, so good. Yeah. Good. Glad to hear it. Brett, tell our listeners and me sure. a little bit about where are you from, what have you done, where have you been, what do you you know what do you want to do? I just want to hear the story oh, about Brett. Yeah. So I uh, grew up in uh, northern Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, northeast uh, suburb of Cleveland Bay Village. Like not a lot of people know that. I, just I say, don't, and I'm from just PA. say Cleveland, and Lord knows that there's a ton of uh, displaced Ohioans everywhere. Yes, let alone here in the greater Atlanta area. Yes. Um, so grew up up there, three sport athlete, did Boy Scouts, uh, kind of an interesting story. I wanted a collegiate experience beyond the normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to push myself in other realms besides just academically, like maybe morally, physically, spiritually, uh, to a certain extent. And so I was sitting in homeroom junior year. Um, you know, and it's like, what am I going to do for college? Being from Ohio, it's like Ohio State's an obvious choice. Buckeyes were doing well. Right? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'll go there. That's a big school I can find myself. They made a uh, announcement for the service academies. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that sounds like a great deal. I should check that out. I bet, I bet I'll see a ton of people from school. Yeah. And my mom was like, hey, we have some family in Colorado. 
Uncle Larry, you, know, you should go there, mm-hmm. check it out, beautiful mountain ranges. So I was like, all right. So I went to this uh, kind of open house where all the service academies were there. So Army and Navy, of course, Air Force, and the Merchant Marines. Yeah. And those guys were hilarious, too. I was like, oh, man, I could be a pirate. They're like, hey, where are you going, kid? I ran into two of them, and one guy was, like, tall and skinny. The other guy was kind of short and squat. Like, I don't know if this was, like, a laurel and... Uh, I forget the other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Laurel and Hardy, right? Is yes, that what it that's is? it. That's it. It's almost like those two guys. And I, I, for some reason, like that sticks out in my head. And I, when we went in there, all the academies are doing their spiel. And I remember the guy, the guy from Annapolis. His name was B. Strong. If that, you know, so right there. Yeah. Like, even on his little card, he had like the goat that's B. Hilarious. Period. Like Brandon Strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was finishing up his talk, and he was like. I received my letters from Harvard and Yale, but unless you know with every fiber of your being that you want to be an Annapolis man. I love this. You know, and so I, I was like, holy smokes. And I was like, well, Naval Academy's out. Like right yeah. there. I'm like, this guy's intense. Yeah. But um, there was the most literature regarding West Point. I ended up bringing that home. In case you haven't guessed already, I graduated the United States Military Academy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> brought that back, and I fell in love with the mission. I'm like, this is what I was looking for, like, my whole time. And it felt like all the positioning I've done, taking additional AP classes, uh, going through high school sports, and, and the like, like, that was setting me up for the path that I ended up taking. That's awesome. Yeah. So you are, I, yeah. I think that might be a central mm-hmm. theme to this episode, then. You're uh-huh. a military man. Well, um, I, like, is, I, is there, I grew up, a lot of my formative years were yeah. either at the academy or on active duty sure. so in, the, it, in the military. Yeah. I, I should have, let me rephrase. Yeah, no, that's it's, a, it's an yeah. important part of your identity. Is, is that accurate? Uh, I, I think, you know, I'm a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, but that was certainly something I did that was very impactful. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I it's not always about, like, playing the veteran card, although it's a, a great card to play, don't get me wrong. Yeah, sure. You know, but uh, it, but I'm, I'm extremely proud of what, I, what I've done and with whom I was able to work with as, as well, like the men and women of the United States. I think that that goes without saying, and everybody has, I think especially now, thankfully, like a great appreciation and yet it's like I feel obligated it seems like the public's like I feel obligated to say thank you I don't quite know what I'm saying thank you for so it was really an honor and a privilege to serve those who serve and uh incredible I wouldn't change it for the world uh unfortunately and we might get to revisit this again but you know uh Spoiler alert, you know, you get promoted out of the good jobs. Sure. And since I was no longer going to be leading soldiers directly, I figured if I'm going to become like an administrative middle manager, and don't get me wrong, there's a little bit more to the job, and yet you're on this great um, responsibility trajectory, and then it plateaus off. And I thought I owed it to myself to be like, well, instead of being on this draconian kind of um, pyramid career path, let me go where I can develop my options. And Absolutely. so I transitioned out about three years ago. Okay. Yeah. And, and you so tra- far, so good. Yeah. Now, <laughs> so you, you're, yeah. you're now at, a, at a, uh, an HR. What's, what? Uh, I, I would say like an easy way is like outsource HR. A, outsource but, HR yeah. company. And have you been there since you transitioned out into the, the regular working world? No, or? I've, done a, I've had a couple of uh, different positions okay. over the years. Uh, when I started, I, you know, it, when one is transitioning out, especially as an officer, you're like, do I go to grad school? Yeah, sure. 
Uh, for me, I wanted some additional points of reference and see what I was immediately competitive for. And uh, so actually going back to West Point, um, I went to the Service Academy Career Conference, put my resume in there. I never interviewed with them, but Boston Scientific probably saw I was a, you know, half competent dude. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Up in the Florida area, I was living in the panhandle at the okay. time. And I got a call and it was like, well, how would, would you consider moving to Jacksonville, essentially? Yeah. It's like, we like your leadership. Uh, we like your background. Would you like a job in medical device uh, uh, sales and consulting? And a great opportunity. You know what I mean? Like that was like my new mission. To When people say, oh, you're selling devices. And it's like, well, I'm trying to improve patient outcomes, quality of life moving forward. And I got to uh, essentially talk to physicians who know infinitely more about the disease state and ultimately yeah. how the device is going to be used. I just knew more about the devices, slightly. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, that. So, I mean, yeah, it was, a, it was that's, great. That's yeah. a really good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you're selling these devices, mm-hmm. but it's not like you've, you're going to find satisfaction in that exact action. It's sort of, you know, making a comparison mm-hmm. to my own life. I. It's not like I was born with a passion for marketing, per yeah. se. It, and it's not that whenever I run an ad campaign for a client that I'm, I'm loving that action. What I love is the end result whenever I help a small business, you know, grow their revenue or their sales mm-hmm. or whatever it is that I'm doing. So you found, you thought about the end game, which was like, you're helping patients have better experiences, better lives, yeah. that kind of, and that's awesome. You, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you can't always look at just the, uh, the superficial aspect of what you do to find satisfaction. No, I mean, you hope that there's a why beyond that. Yeah, like know, a ripple effect like a, yeah, almost. Like, like Simon uh, Sack or something like that. Man, I forget the guy's name. I should probably know this. I should have studied more before uh, doing this podcast. Oh, yeah, that's, we, yeah, we, we, we always yeah, just yeah, kind we of dive right in. <laughs> Anyways, it's like discovering your why. And there's like a ton yeah. of different things behind that too. But it's like the uh, the core of what you're looking for, the reason beyond that. And I think that resonates with people on, on a lot different levels than just the practicalities. Of yeah. It. You know, and like, yeah, you have those needs, but is there something deeper, something more fulfilling? And that was, you know, for, for that time in my life, like I did a fine job cutting my teeth in the private sector. I, I will say, I thought I finished my transition from the military to a civilian career, um, or as you guys would call it, a career. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like as soon as I received that first paycheck, and mm-hmm. I was like, I'm done. I did it. Yeah. I was like, I don't see what the big problem is. And uh, Lord knows, looking back now, it was a lot, there's a lot more to it uh, than just that. And I feel like I'm really still in the midst of it here over three years later. Absolutely. You know, and two other, you know, you could almost say like four other career moves later. But you know what? I'm in the geography I want to be. I love this area. I'm talking to Greater Atlanta the generally. People. Yeah. Okay. This is, and, and I think for the longest time, I'm going to say one of my problems. It's easier to say that in hindsight. I was, I did not want to put Atlanta, Georgia, as like this uh, Zion city upon a hill, and mm-hmm. somehow just by the merit of being there, it would solve all my problems. Uh, far from it. But what I did find was now that I'm here kind of a lot of the peripheral issues have gone away and I kind of have a dynamic lifestyle for as to why that's uh, immediately impactful. But I think growing up in the military, I was used to, oh, I can do whatever I'm doing anywhere else. I was used to every like two to three years moving anyways. And I think I was in that mindset not to overlook opportunities uh, based on 
I'll say geographical limitations, but uh, being on this side, knowing where the city where it is and its opportunities has really done a lot of the hard lifting um, as far as that goes. Because if you don't know what you want to do, it's at least easier to answer where you want to do it. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a really good point. I, I know myself uh, moving to Atlanta in 2013, mm-hmm. uh, I went through, I think, six full career jobs, before, yeah. like actual, you know, regular positions until I went off and did my own thing with my business partner, Jake Kurtz. And um, it's been, if nothing else, I've learned a lot of the things that I don't want to do as opposed to, you know, something <laughs> you do want to do. And yeah. being in a land of such great opportunity, yeah. I mean, it's, you. I really could. And I'm not, I'm not tooting my own horn. If I wanted to get a new job every year yes. in Atlanta for the next 15 years, I could do yeah. that. And, and you, you can't say that for all locations. So it's like you said, it's not the, it's not Atlanta or any one particular location. It's not a panacea for all things, but mm-hmm. it definitely helps. It's great. The way it was kind of described to me, and I'm paraphrasing, is you can like, there's a ton of verticals that you can move to if you want to do those lateral movements or even continue to climb those. Yeah, exactly. Uh, respective career paths. So mm-hmm. it's nice to do that all with probably without having to transplant yourself. I yeah. mean, Atlanta traffic notwithstanding, yeah. as, I'm, as I'm learning. Yeah. But it's uh, no great opportunity. And how has it, so you've been here a lot longer than myself. I yeah. guess any, um, uh, I guess, advice navigating the city at a high level? Uh, I have none. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> All kidding aside, uh, to your point about what you just said there, there is no good way to get around Atlanta, really, because yeah. MARTA, unless you're like going to the airport or something, it's practically all but useless. Unless you live within walking distance of a station, yeah. you know, because it's just a big plus sign on, on the city. Mm-hmm. There's no diagonal routes or anything, really, anyways. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you have to be near a station to really get the most use out of it. Uh, if you, if you have the flexibility of moving, you know, if like, if you find a job that you really like and you mm-hmm. think to yourself, I'm going to stay here for at least a year. Yeah. That's funny. Cause that's a long time to me. But anyways, <laughs> you know, it's, it's good to live close to where you work. It really is. And sometimes even, you know, when I say close, I don't mean 10 miles close. I mean, one or two miles, like even walking is ideal because yeah. if, if you are in any sort of, if you're in the line of fire, when it comes to traffic in mm-hmm. Atlanta, it doesn't matter if you're three miles away, you're going to be in the car for a little while on your commute every day. There so. was, I was sharing space over, so I'm working in Alpharetta. Mm-hmm. I was sharing space over in Lilburn, mm-hmm. and that was a better part of an hour, you know, <laughs> one way. So one like way, two yeah. hours back and forth, so almost 10 hours sitting on my ass in traffic, and that was a killer. Yeah. And I was like, I got to get out of here, you know? And so, I mean, the plan was always to do that, but I wanted to do it deliberately. Found a great place in Sandy Springs. Now my commute is 15 minutes no matter what. Perfect. That's and, awesome. Uh, and that has really changed my quality of life. And I'm you, going the right way up the 400. You have a reverse commute and that's then. a huge... Yeah. yeah. Okay. You see, and, and even then, it, it's tough enough. It just makes it slightly better that's than exactly the alternative. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something I always yeah. like to challenge people with is think about how much time you're spending in a car every day because yeah. that adds up. And it does. I, I, I seriously... I get bent out of shape about it. I mean, now now that I work mostly from home, you know, I, I go out to various locations throughout the week, but most of the time I'm I'm working from home. And then whenever I get in a car and I'm subjected to traffic, all I can think about is this is time I'm never getting back. And I yeah. used to have some really bad commutes. And meanwhile, you know, the I would say the average Atlanta commuter probably does have an hour one-way commute or maybe like 40, 45 minutes. I complain if I'm, 
if I have a commute of like 25 minutes or like even a half an hour. And it's, it, I realize I've actually had it much better than most people, even at my previous job with, you know, again, say 30, 35 minutes. But I don't know. It's just crazy. There's something about taking that time, investing it back in yourself. You don't want it to be dead. I was doing more audiobooks for a while. Totally. That helped out. Yes. Making a lot of phone calls, almost planning out phone calls. I love calling people in the car. To make, yeah, yep. while I'm doing that too. And I mean, the radio is fine. Yeah. You know, Podcast. It is what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Podcast. Yeah, exactly. Perfect alter. Yeah. yeah. If only they could get good content. Yeah, if right? only. Yeah. <laughs> if only. Yeah. Engaging content. Yeah. Something real that people want to listen to. But um, I guess on that note, I'll even say that to people, great opportunities in Atlanta, but not a user-friendly city. That's Would a you, really good yeah. way of putting it. It's not user-friendly. Uh, like I know, for example, uh, my, my wife and I went to Japan earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And we never, I don't know if we ever got into a car well, in 10 days. Yeah. Oh, holy shit. I don't think we didn't get into a car. <laughs> we walked literally everywhere. And then the the few times that we needed faster transportation, even like within uh, greater Tokyo, obviously we used the subways, which are beautiful, clean, orderly. The people are respectful. It's incredible. Yes. And then, of course, when we wanted to go to other parts of the country, we took the bullet train, which, again, amazing experience. Never got into a car. It's unbelievable. You can't get anywhere without cars in Atlanta. It's not it's not like it's a walkable metropolitan area. They really don't have city grids the way you would think for, a, I think, a city of the weight class. Yes. That Atlanta has. But even looking how the city proper, quote unquote, so it's a greater Atlanta area, but then it's partitioned. So mm-hmm. it seems when you're looking at Atlanta's stats, it never really gets the credit it deserves because they'll be like, oh, Atlanta, you mean Atlanta proper, you mean like half a million people. And it's like, whoa, there's way more than that. Yeah, it's like at least yeah. everything inside the perimeter. And it's like yeah. spilling out a little bit in terms of what I would consider. I mean, look at Sandy Springs, mm-hmm. Dunwoody area. Like some of those are outside the perimeter, but I'm like, that's the yes. city. You know what I mean? At least in my eyes. And, and so. I don't know if it's the American way of doing like it's like it's expected you have your car. Yeah. You know, what I mean, you drive to it where is you very want American. to go. Yeah. And, and nothing wrong with that, but just in that landscape, knowing like the limitations, and there's not a really good alternative to non vehicle traffic, right. let alone an easy place to go around. Like I'm reminded, to, and I have a decent sense of direction, mm-hmm. right? But I, I am super dependent upon, you know, GPS. To get me where I'm going because Lord knows there are no right angles in and around this greater area. No. And every other, you know, goddamn street is a peach tree. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like no joke. And so I'm like, yeah. where am I? The corner of peach tree and peach tree. Yeah. Exactly. You know? The- <laughs> and meanwhile, there's probably like yeah. six of those intersections. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. crazy. But transitioning away from the, the career stuff and the Atlanta stuff, mm-hmm. what are some of your personal and side hobbies and interests, Brett? You know, it was interesting. I was trying to figure out uh, what those were. I feel like kind of lame. I uh, I feel That's like hilarious. I got to get some of those. You I, gotta, I feel like you my hobby about this. needs to be that because I have here. Here's my thing. So with moving around, I've been the new guy chronically wherever I am. Like like not like that's my only identity. Uh, far from it. But it, it's like I am not from where I am, mm-hmm. and that has been the norm since for the last. Uh, Oh, geez, going on 16 years now. Oh, wow, that's a long time. Uh, You know, so it was like whether I was at school in New York or in my various other duty stations and Mm -hmm. then upon transitioning out, I've lived in three states in three years. Yeah. Uh, You know, that being said, too. So I I don't think that that's a normal path. 
Uh, Maybe nor, not nor that the, amount nor of frequency. That I, yeah, nor do I recommend that necessarily, but yeah. it, it's the one that I've taken. And I guess as a result of that, too, it's it's like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? So I guess I've... I like a good conversation. Yeah, <laughs> I know that counts. If yeah, I don't it absolutely know, people are like that eh, under you know a little overrated there, Brett. <laughs> but uh, no, I you know like uh, checking out scenes. Uh, you know, I guess getting a, a feel for a place. But I feel like I've never been there long enough to really develop that. When I was in yeah. Panhandle, Florida, it's like, am I doing fishing? Never really did that. When I when I got to um, Jacksonville, I think I was supposed to do more. Uh, Checking out the restaurants, and I did that for a decent extent yeah. too. But it was never like maybe more vacationing, more traveling. Sure. Since I was a decent hub to go to, and then that never happened. I was up in Maine. I wanted to do more camping, go on the um, Appalachian Trail. Never did that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, "Holy smokes!" But I, I, I feel like I do need to kind of invest in myself and experience. Like I've been outside a lot. I wouldn't mind going back to doing. It doesn't have to be camping. I think it's making the time to do so. Yeah, so, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. And speaking of the Appalachian Trail, there's mm-hmm. a there's a great mountain that we've been to twice and camped out at called Blood Mountain mm-hmm. in northern Georgia and I I think I think it's the highest mountain peak on the Appalachian Trail in Georgia. Interesting. So, but it's it's a really it's a it's an arduous hike to the top. Yeah. And the funny thing is the first time and I won't go into detail cuz we've talked about it before, but the first time we went there we were we we went there late after work. Plus, we had to wait for a friend to get there because mm-hmm. he was caught up at work. And we wound up doing the entire thing in like pitch black darkness at oh, like nine thirty or ten p.m. Not yeah. only was it arduous because none of us were like prepared for how crazy it was, but yeah. it was kind of scary. It can be it, it can get amazing. dark fast. It, it was and, a uh, really cool experience. But yeah, that's yeah. that's an important part of uh, our lifestyle too. You know, just making sure that we're getting out there. You know, seeing new things, experiencing new things, uh, also nature specifically. Like, so, yeah, we do like camping from time to time, you know, so little things like that. But uh, so let's talk about you. You definitely have an interest in using your your voice for various things. Yeah. What, what, what would you like to get more into along those lines? Oh, geez. I, I like so it was actually in uh, Jacksonville where I did that. And uh, just called up a radio station out of the blue. I had a little uh, availability, mm-hmm. and I called them. I was <laughs> I was like, "Hey, I'm told because I've been hearing this for a long time. I, yeah. I guess so. Maybe it's not that narcissistic. Yeah, sure. Because uh, some, something sometimes you hear your own voice. I'll hear my own voice too. Even when you were like doing the test, I'm like, oh, God, it sound awful. No, you know, I'm no. like, yeah. And all people are like, oh, remind me of Seth Rogen. That's very natural. You know, I can't. Yeah, nobody likes the sound of their own voice. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> oh, and just for but, the listeners, um, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll get a picture. If I hope you're willing to be the shiny cover of this episode. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Brett has been told he, and it's a really weirdly accurate description that he looks like a cross between <laughs> Seth Rogen and uh, hold on, is it Chris Pratt? Chris Pratt. Yeah, and I, it's <laughs> it's hilarious. It's usually one or the other. Yeah. And so I just kind of after I'm like, oh. Well, I see yeah. both. It's like the perfect yeah. love child. I yeah, love right. It. Yeah, it's well, I, I try. I yeah. try. Yeah. But so, would you, would you like to do like some sort of commentary for something? Would you be interested in doing your own podcast one day? Uh, uh potentially. Yeah. I, that wasn't the. Um, I like the artistic expression that you were able to do. So when I called so up this I. radio station, I was just looking for like a voice 
coach mentor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm like, surely at a radio station, there's somebody there. And when, when I call up, I'm like, I, I totally have a good voice. I've been doing MC for events like balls and everything yeah. for a while. Yeah. Uh, you know, or like public speaking or, or reading for a decent amount of time because, you know, I, I, I do okay. And so I've done that. I'm like, surely there's another yeah. avenue for this. And I think I owe it to myself now that I have a little free time to explore this. And so he would give me, you know, some 15, 30 second scripts and everything like that. And we, were, we would play around the studio. And you heard my demo. Yeah. You know, and we had a, a lot of fun doing that. And I just like, even if it's just like selling Subway subs, right? Sure. And it's like, how can I make somebody who's hearing this want the sub? Not listen like, oh, great voice. You know what I mean? But rather want the sandwich. You know? Exactly. And so it's a, it's a very pragmatic, it's an immediate challenge. Yeah. And you have 15 seconds to do it. So it's these interesting, as mundane as that sounds i like the creative approach to it and i'm like oh god now it's up to me i'm the instrument yeah and i got an appreciation doing those reps from how you think you sound versus how it's how you sound in the speakers versus how it sounds when it's being played back to you might as well be three different things and there's a lot of creativity that happens within that process itself and so if i can learn to hone that uh, you know, you can have a lot more fun. And so I I, I don't know where that's going to go, but I'm excited to be in Atlanta and explore that. Not only because it's a bigger market, you know, and I'm not looking necessarily to like become rich off of it, but rather just to uh, have a hobby. Cultivate. Yeah. The, the, yeah. I'm trying to find a hobby that maybe pays for itself, sort of. And, yeah. That's, and then, <laughs> that's exactly where I am with yeah. the podcast. Yeah. The emphasis on the sort of. Yeah. We do enough stuff yeah, that costs money yeah. that it like... Sort of pays for itself. Yeah, and then um, knowing that with with that there with the entertainment that's in the area, I know Tyler Perry just opened the the studio. I mm-hmm. think that there's a lot of talent that's coming to places alternative to the West Coast. Sure. To figure that out. Yeah. Grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. We were talking about that area. They've done a lot of filming uh, out there. You know, mm-hmm. so I think it's a matter of time. Jacksonville, Florida was going to be Hollywood before Hollywood land became a thing. Yeah. You know, people were complaining about the noise and so it went away. Yeah. You know, so it's interesting like these touch points. Exactly. Um, and curious to see where that goes. And maybe it starts with, maybe it starts with the podcast. Maybe it starts yeah. with uh, Brett Stroni. Yeah. yeah, Something like that, right? <laughs> I, yeah. I have a, uh, I have a thing. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Sure. Do you have any good impressions that you do? Do I have any good impressions? Uh, you know, none that I'm so confident in that I can do it right okay. there. It's more, it's more pragmatic. I think a lot like of people... Like the pirate one yeah. earlier was good. The pi- Yeah, was yeah. it okay? Yeah, it yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I have to... Uh, <laughs> Naval sea captain. At, at, the, at the spur of the moment... Well, it's not even being put on the spot. Just just nothing like, check this out. Like, everybody has like a... A Jack Nichols I, I rather Yeah, I rather yeah. mock like everybody's like Christopher Walken yeah, and yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Like, everybody has like those two, mm-hmm. you know? Or... Um, um, Matthew to, McConaughey. Yeah, exactly. You know what That's I mean? So, so it's like those three. It's like, congratulations, man. And, I do yeah. pride myself whenever uh, <laughs> I, I'm quoting movies. I'm usually very accurate with the actual quotes themselves. Because, you know, there are a lot of people who yeah. will quote movies, but they just like omit or throw in words that they, you know, it's like, dude, you didn't even quote it right. And yeah. then I like, I'm not like, I'm not 100% on the impressions, but mm-hmm. I'm usually like, 85, 90% people were like, wow, that really sounded like him or her. So, well, her would be weird. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I do it. I enjoy doing that. <laughs> like, I, I have know. yet to do a good woman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't yeah. know uh, if you had any particular one. I, I kind of okay. got to get like a warm up into it. Yeah. 
almost just like doing like the voice acting thing. It's like you'll say a line and then you're like, okay, now I'm like in exactly in the character. No mode. Like like, like you just can't. I, I just can't sprint. You know, like it has to be like, like like it's going up. that way, and I feel like doing that. You yeah. know, like maybe. It's uh well he, here's the thing it could be like Senator the woman and you're thinking like Pacino it's like I'm in the dark here I'm in the dark here and, you know I, I I'm sure everybody thought it was gonna be you know, like give him like the hoo yeah you know but I, I'm I'm like man like no I, I love it <laughs> yeah. yeah that's that's good I, I got something out of you that was pretty good I said yeah right yeah well I, I don't know how good that was but yeah it, it was it was plenty good yeah um so let's see <laughs> where where do you where do you see I mentioned this earlier on sure. in the podcast. What's next? And I know how vague in general that is. Like, yeah. Let's say one year from now, on November fifteenth of twenty twenty, what will what's something important to you that you would have liked to have achieved by then? Well, you know, I'm doing my. Uh, I'm actually working on my executive MBA up Ooh. at uh, Duke Fuqua concurrently. Yes, yeah, so nice. it's been a lot of firsts. It's like new city, new job, new school. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it was not in that order. Um, but, you know, so hopefully I'm on the trajectory to graduate from there. Yeah, well, yeah well, no, that's a good point. <laughs> Probably most, uh, certainly, I, I'm hoping that I have a little bit more perspective and, yeah. and, and maybe I'm glad that we, I hope that it didn't sound too self-aggrandizing or braggadocious at the beginning at talking about, Hell no. talking about, um, my upbringing, but for me, and maybe that's a bad example, but for me, it's like, can I prepare myself? Uh, through the experiences, through the education, heck, through the training, to identify a path and then walk a path for an opportunity when it presents itself. And that's what I feel like I'm doing now. And, and I guess that's a long way of saying, I don't know what I want to do, but I'm happy with my trajectory. And what I will say is through my transition, it took me a long time to even feel comfortable saying, I don't know. I think a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. Yeah. And I would encourage listeners who do feel that way, don't be afraid to to not know. I think it's far more, I don't damaging to pick something just because you want to have a plan. Or like, you know, you just want to like, I just, I need to get on this path and stick to it, even if it's the wrong thing. It's like, don't be afraid to pivot. Don't be afraid to, to, uh, you know, try out multiple different things. Lord knows I have. I'm, I'm 20... How old am I? I'm 29. How God, old are you? you look great. Thank you. I'm I'm, thir- I'm 35. You're okay. So yeah. you, I look you great. Day of it. I well, stop. Yeah. No. That <laughs> stop was nice. Stop. But keep going. Yeah. yeah. No. But uh, it doesn't matter what <laughs> age you are. I mean, you can really. I really. I'm yeah. one of the firm believers that you can pursue anything at any time. I really do believe there, that. There's probably people who go their whole lives not knowing what they're going to do, and unfortunately, there's probably a lot of people who are chasing pragmatic needs and maybe never get that sense of fulfillment. Yes. And, and not to say that I do or or I'm going to get that, but I'm I'm excited with the journey. You know what I mean? And, you know, the plans of mice and men. You know, they wrote a whole book about it. Yes. That's right? right. So, John Steinbeck? Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we got that one right. Yeah, at least, yeah. you know, like, like at least it's like an author, too. It's That's like, successful. I guess these guys aren't total idiots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not like just total uh, illiterates or anything. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I think you and I can both agree, and this might be a good spot to wrap it up. Sure. I, I think you and I both want to we would rather ask ourselves the question now Mm -hmm. gee what am i going to do as opposed to ask the question when we're 70 and say gee what have i done yeah in a very 
empty and unfulfilling way. That is one of my greatest fears in life is looking back and wondering what if. Yeah. That's why I've tried so many different things and I'll continue to try different things because I, I like to mitigate that number. You know? And it's making the time, giving yes. yourself the opportunity and the time to do that. And I wish Oof. I did that when I was up in Maine yeah. and down in Jacksonville. Did I enjoy those areas as much as mm. I should have? Yeah. But I thought I was going to be there for a longer period of time. But here I am. And so let's make the best of it. That's, yeah. that, it's, it you just gave, said two wonderful things there. Because on the last episode, we uh, or I don't know whenever I'm going to be putting this one out. But just recently, Tommy and I were talking about uh, making sure you just appreciate what you have when you have it. Because it can be gone tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And that, that includes just the place that you live. And I also love that you said making time. Because yes. I have all but completely eliminated the phrase from my my everyday vernacular, I don't have time Hmm. because there's no such thing as not having time. You just don't make, you have to prioritize or I I believe that one should prioritize and make time for the things that are important to them. Take a little ownership. No, that's 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 a good point. And if there's something that you don't think is a good uh, usage of your time, then do your best to, you know, cut out as much of that as you can, even if there's a part of it that's necessary, like, you know, work because it's paying your bills or something. Yes. But then you can start making a plan for maybe, you know, coming up with something else that makes you happier. So don't undervalue the negative choice. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Not to say negative bad, but yeah, rather yeah. be like, I'm not going to do that. The power of no. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Brett? Yeah. Thanks for joining me. Alex. This was an awesome episode. And I'm on our fourth date. Let's get a beer. Uh, Absolutely. I'm looking (laughs) forward to it. Okay. Sounds good.